Have you ever entered a recipe contest or a cooking contest? Have you thought about it? Well, Jennifer Jaskovich has not only entered, but she's won those contests. We discuss strategy and tactics. It's on tip of the tongue. Welcome to Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today with Jennifer Daskovich. Jennifer is managing partner of Deviled Pig Restaurant in Tampa, Florida, and she is the winner of numerous recipe contests and food competitions, including the World Sandwich Competition. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So first, I have to start and say I'm very happy to meet a member of the club of recovering lawyers. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of us out there. there yes, There indeed. really are. And I feel like there should be a club for us, you know, that's called <laughs> Recovering Lawyers Anonymous. What would that be? R-L-A. That's what we need to join. We need that to sounds have- good. That sounds good. <laughs> it could even be a 12-step program for all I care. As long as drink <laughs> involved in it. <laughs> so Jennifer, I know that actually being a lawyer might have spurred you to some of these recipe contests that you were involved in? Well, I certainly think it helped me with the success I've had at recipe contests because as as you know, having been involved in the law field, there's a lot of rules that you have to follow. And once you follow the rules, then you kind of get a little bit more freedom to kind of riff Mm -hmm. or for lack of a better phrase. And so whenever I entered a competition, I really did enter it with a specific eye towards what are the rules? And then I would ask myself questions like, is this a recipe contest where they want something to go on the back of a label? Or is this a recipe contest where they want something really high-end and gourmet? Or is this a is this a simple recipe contest or a complex recipe contest? And really think about kind of what the goals of the brands were that were hosting the competitions. And if it was online versus cook-off versus voting, you know, all of these different factors that play into it. I was a stickler for following the rules. If they said seven ingredients in 30 minutes, that's exactly what I did. And, you know, it was one of those things I, in 2008 is when I got started in, in recipe contesting and I had insomnia and I couldn't sleep. And I was like, you know, type into my computer recipe contests. And I found some sites and the first ones I entered were just online. I wasn't cooking. I was just creating recipes in my head and putting them down on paper and making sure to follow the rules. And then I won and then I won more. And then I won more. And then I really liked the aspect of live cook-offs and then perfecting the dish and taking beautiful photos of it. So, and some of my best friends to this day are people that I met in the contest cooking world. So it's been, it's just been a wonderful thing to be involved in, a wonderful way to meet people, a wonderful way to travel and make money. So I just, 
it's just a wonderful thing. So when you started, you really were doing it almost as a lark. I couldn't sleep at night. You know, the I had my own business in 2008, the economy crashed. I knew I was going to have to kind of regroup and redirect. And so when I couldn't sleep at night, I'm like, at least try to do something productive. And I won the first contest I entered. I I think it was a $500 prize. Um, I won third place. It was for corn. I made a beautiful corn risotto. And I was like, oh, I need a new table for my living room. This is perfect. (laughs) So, uh, and then I just, one of the very first big ones that I placed in was Sharpenberger chocolate, which I don't think they do that contest anymore, but um, you had to make a cupcake. They called it cupcake adventure. And again, I followed all of the rules. I used like three kinds of their chocolate. They had all of these adventure ingredients that you could choose from. And I got second place with that contest. And it was, it was really awesome. And I remember the woman calling me and she's like, I have good news. And it was, it was a huge prize. It was like, you know, $7,500. It was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of my best recipe contest stories is the the next year I entered again and the same woman called me and she said, believe it or not, I have better news for you than I did last year. This year you won. <laughs> and oh, that was a $10,000 prize. So it's just, you know, it's as lawyers, sometimes we don't get to express our creativity And I found that in law school, I would be the one that would have parties and cook for people and have dinner parties because the instant gratification of that, right, versus the law where you're involved in a case and it takes 10 years, you know, you can create a beautiful event and a beautiful party. I would bake cookies for law school finals and pass them out because I just needed to do something the night before to kind of get my mind off of it. So I've just always loved cooking. I I love the joy that it can bring people. I love the community that it can bring people together in. And the cooking contest world has just, you know, upped that completely. Well, I have to tell you my cooking contest story. I, I'm not a contester, so I don't have a long, long history. But during a law school lecture, when I was just bored out of my mind, I had a magazine with me. And so I started to flip through the magazine this was this was in maybe 1972 or 3 i mean when you still read magazines and things <laughs> and so there was a a contest for jello in this in this oh my goodness and so i did just exactly what you did i i just i don't even remember anything about the law class or anything i was in it was like oh i'm going to do this I looked at the rules, you know, I figured out, okay, I can't do this. I can't do this. It was very much like you described being a stickler to make sure that I didn't get disqualified before they even looked at the recipe. Exactly. Very important. And I wrote a recipe using lemon jello to make lemon jello ice cream. And I used the flavoring in the jello. And instead of cooking a custard, I used the gel in the jello to make a kind of a thicker custard that you would. Oh, that's very creative. That's very nice. And I was because creativity was like the biggest category. So I tried to do something that was like off the, you know, off the charts in that area, because it was the easiest one to get points in where the points mattered the most. 
And uh, I think I put lemon zest and a little bit of lemon juice in it so that I could call it like triple lemon, you know, ice cream or something like that. And so of course I, that zest really ups the lemon ups flavor the, too. Lemon flavor. And it made it have a fresher flavor than it would if it were just jello, you know? So anyway, I won one of the, you know, one of the prizes that didn't have money, but I got this whole set of Paul Revere copper pots. And oh, nice. Those are copper pots. You're expensive. Yeah, I got the whole set, like a five, five pots. And then I got, you know, like certificates for uh, all kinds of jello that I could buy for the rest of my life, you know, right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it basically I got the pots. That was my big prize. And it was really exciting and fun. Now, I never ta- I never made it. I just sat there and wrote it out in class. And you could handwrite in those days. You didn't have to do anything more than handwrite. How did you know that it would that it would form properly for ice cream from it, a chemical it, perspective? From my from my perspective, it really didn't matter because I was just bored <laughs> in class. You know, it wasn't gotcha. like I wasn't really like trying to win as much as I was like, well, let me, let me occupy myself during this hour. You know, I've been there before. Yep. We used (laughs) to do law school bingo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't matter. You know, I I wasn't. And then I realized that I I wrote the recipe and I turned it in and I didn't know the recipe. And, uh, Because now you didn't have it saved on a computer. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so the newspaper in Baton Rouge, where I was in law school, called me up because they press, you know, the Jell-O people notified the newspaper. And they said, can we print the recipe? Can you give us a copy of the recipe? (laughs) And And you didn't have it. it. So I said, you had better get the recipe from the Jell-O people, you know, and, uh, and I think that's what they did, but it was like, that was how bad it was. You know, it wasn't really something I took seriously, but it was still the thrill of winning and getting the, the box with all the pots in. It was just really great. So I know it's so fun to get those packages for sure. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, all right. How did you go from recipe contests where you basically have a lot of control to actual cooking contests? You know, they are very different. Um, The way that a a recipe looks when you're turning it in, especially there's contests where they don't even ever make the dish, right? So it's about descriptive words and, and then having to go to a contest where you have to execute something sometimes in a very short period of time uh you know i i was on guys grocery games and flailed miserably because i just didn't get my dish done in 30 minutes i was the first one eliminated because the time you know you watch those tv shows and you think i can do that right and then you're in the moment and it's like i said i'm gonna go big or go home so it's it's really really tough and then you know, one of the biggest contests I won the world sandwich champion um, ship, we had the, our final sandwich, we had to use seafood. And so again, my legal mind started working, right? My critical thinking. So we had four choices that we could pick. We could pick tuna or salmon, swordfish or tilapia. And I was very strategic. I thought, you know what? 
I know a lot of people who like tuna well done, and I know a lot of people who like tuna rare, and you can't make them happy if you have, because there was a panel of like seven judges, and the same with salmon. Some people like it mid-rare, some people like it well done, and then swordfish just dries out horribly the second that air hits it. So I thought, I know that tilapia is like, you know, the bare bottom of these four fishes in terms of class and elegance, but you know what? I can make a really, really good fried fish sandwich, the best fried fish sandwich they've ever had. And so when you're, when you're cooking for judges, you really have to think about all those elements, how it's going to look on the plate because you eat with your eyes first. So it has to be really beautiful. And then kind of, I don't want to say lowest common denominator, but kind of what's going to have mass appeal, right? That no matter what you like, everybody's going to like it, right? You know, I was in one contest, actually, it was a healthy chicken contest, and we were supposed to be creative and come up with a healthy chicken dish. And I won the locals, and I won the regionals, and then I'm at the nationals, and I can tell that the company wants me to win because I had a really creative dish. I did lemon chicken with quinoa and caramelized cherries and onions, and it was healthy and beautiful. And the winning dish that day was fried chick a fried chicken breast with fennel and orange, which is delicious. And, you know, the judge said, what can I say? I love fried chicken. So he kind of threw out the rules in that case. You know, yeah. he said, yeah. I yeah. like fried chicken. I like fried chicken too. This is a healthy yeah. chicken contest. But, but, but I try as much as possible to think about the mass appeal. And so when I did that fried fish sandwich for the world sandwich champion, I I thought, okay, what can make this sandwich really unique and kind of elevate it to the next level? And I'm like, well, first of all, what you fry in. So I used duck fat to fry and I coated the tilapia with panko and macadamia nuts. So I kind of did a Hawaiian themed and then I did had all fresh ingredients and did everything from scratch. But one contest I was in a, a very established chef told me that when he creates recipes, he thinks of five things, right? There has to be salt. There has to be acid. There has to be fat. There has to be something fresh. And then there has to be a texture contrast. So whenever I create a, create a recipe, I try to think about all those things. And, you know, when you say the word fat, or when you say the word salt, people kind of cringe, but it's crucial to great recipe development. So every time, and when we were developing the recipe for Heritage Fire, that's exactly what we did with our main dish. You know, let's make sure we have salt, sweet, spicy, fresh, acid, and the texture contrast. So um, that's kind of what I'm always thinking about. And if I look at a recipe, I think, what am I missing? And I taste it. Okay. I just go through my checklist of elements. Is there a salty element? Is there a spicy element? Is there a sweet element? Uh, you know, the acid, the fat, the fresh, the texture. So uh, it just makes it really fun because you can kind of have an aha moment when you're creating a recipe to make sure you're including all of those elements and it makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could imagine all of those things would be really, really important because I, I know certainly, especially that um, that fresh element, if you're doing something that's long cooked, like uh, mm -hmm. a tomato sauce or some kind mm -hmm. of cooked thing you need something bright and fresh to really exactly. get 
the zing that it needs because um, it still is delicious. But if you taste that next to something with that little brightness, it just makes all the difference. Um, and it, it definitely, I mean, one of my favorite things to make is braised lamb shanks. It's probably my signature dish, but I finish it off with fresh mint and pomegranate seeds that I just sprinkle on top with the port wine reduction sauce. And like you said, it just gives it that zing and that pop that is just really fantastic. You know, being in the barbecue business, you know, if you put a little fresh pickled red onion with your pulled pork, it adds that zing to it. And then you kind of get that acid and that salt with it. Um, so I'm always thinking about ways to kind of make sure that you're hitting all of the different taste buds and then the mouthfeel. And there's just something really satisfying about crunchy food. I love crunchy food. You know, like when you hear that, when you can hear what you're eating, it's just always a lot of fun. So, so yeah, that was the best advice I ever got from a chef kind of giving me, you know, as, as a home cook, getting that kind of really smart advice from a professional chef was has helped me in in home, my home cooking and recipe contests and in recipe development for my restaurant as well. Well, so you've been doing these um, these contests now for about 10 years or so, would you say? I started in 2008, so oh, about wow. 15 years, but I haven't done a lot in the last few years because opening up restaurants takes a lot of time. So <laughs> I haven't done a lot in the last few years, but the ones that I do enter, you know, I entered one a few years ago, a rib contest, and I ended up winning. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much fun this is. And that was a $5,000 prize. It's like, I need to get back into this. And then, um, but as a restaurant owner, now, now that I'm a restaurant owner, there's limitations because a lot of the contests are not, you can't participate if you're a professional. And even though I don't consider myself a professional chef, I have a professional chef. I, I mean, I work with him to develop the recipes, but I'm not a professional chef, but you, you're not able to enter those. So, but this recent win did give me the bug because the two dishes we put out were just so beautiful and it was so much fun again, getting back into that. Okay. What, are, what is the context? What are people going to be looking for? And this was a people's vote, not a judge's vote. So that's again, very different. Like you have to make sure. Oh, I lost your volume. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Uh huh. Oh, there you are again. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I can imagine um, a people's vote is very different from having a judge or a group of judges. It and definitely how, is. And so how do you handle that? Well, again, I just went back to, you know, when I was working with my chef and I, I said, these are the elements I want. You know, I, I wanted... I want something crunchy. So we decided to do a fried wonton instead of a tortilla, just because I like the way it breaks in your mouth better. So we called it a tostada, but it was made out of a wonton that we cut into circles. And then I said, we need to think about the perfect bite. So when somebody bites into this, that it's just a burst in the mouth. It's just like a aha moment, uh, kind of that old movie with Barbara Streisand, right? Getting the perfect bite where she's getting the salad and the vegetables and the tomatoes and the dressing on the side and extra dressing, just making sure. So, you know, we did a sesame mole, which hits a lot of those palates. There was some sweet, some salty, some spicy in there. I made sure when we cooked the wontons that we salted them all. So you had that layer of seasoning. The fresh element, we did an avocado mousse for the acid. We did a pickled red onion 
Uh, and then the pork itself was just, you know, soft and moho marinated by, I did not make the pork, my, my pit masters did. And it was just amazing. But again, thinking about all of those elements and then is it pretty? And, you know, we had the, the brown sauce, but we had the bright green avocado mousse and the bright pink pickled red onion. So it was pretty to look at. And then when you bit into it, it kind of hit all of those elements, but the satisfaction of the crunch and uh, the people, the people's vote was in and we were able to win that, which was so much fun. So how many times do you practice the dish that you're going to do before you go to the contest? I mean, you can't just do it for the first time at the contest. I'm not the best person to ask about that because I tend to be a procrastinator with certain things. So, you know, we, we certainly tried our dish at this most recent competition, but, and all of the components, but really for the very first time with the whole hog, because that's a different pork than just the pork butts that we do on the smoker. But yeah, I, you know, I, I have friends in this, in this realm that they will practice 10, 15, 20 times. I'm kind of a, you know, one and done. And if I don't like it, I kind of make the tweaks and make notes about how to do them differently, which is why I probably don't do so well on the short time ones, right? Because you really have to kind of practice to get in that, that 30 minutes. So I would probably do better, have a better record with the short-term competitions if I practiced more. But yeah, I know people who practice a ton and that's how they feed their families for the weeks up to the competition. <laughs> but I'm not the one to give the best advice in that arena because I tend to kind of fly by the seat of my pants sometimes. Well, I could also imagine that you just get tired of doing it so that it's not as much excitement and fun and it doesn't feel as creative at that point. I I've often thought, that say being an actor would be like that because you've practiced and practiced and rehearsed and rehearsed and you've done it so many times that I don't see how you can get excited to do it night after night after night you know especially in a play right versus a movie or a tv show yeah doing the same that yeah I've often wondered that myself but, you know, that's the way actors started before there was television, before there were movies. That's exactly. what it was. And, and people were able to just do it. They loved it, obviously, or they wouldn't be actors, you know. But uh, I don't think I, I would be able to do that. I participated in a book where you kind of had to tell your story. And so I wrote the thing that told my story and it was in the book. And then the editor of the book organized these these things where you told your story and then they sold the book and you signed it and you know so there would be maybe four or five of us each time so I did it one time and it was fun and then she asked me to do it like three nights later and I thought but I listened <laughs> to other people because it was the same little group and they had memorized their talk and so they just gave it again and they were really almost like actors. And I just thought, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I just told the story again. And it was different because it was, you know, a different time. And she said, you did better last time. And it's like, yeah, but that's because I already told this story. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have our, our ways of doing things. And I think I'm more like you. I don't think I would enjoy practicing it 10 or 15 times and then going to do it no yeah but you know 
I, I can understand that that's what you want. So did you also, have you also won all sorts of things in addition to money? Oh, so many fun things and so many fun trips. So, you know, I've gotten to go to Vineyards in Napa. I got to go to Betty Crocker, which was amazing. And for that contest, it was really interesting because all you had to do was put together a party using recipes on their website. So you weren't even creating your own recipes. And, and one of my dear, dear friends, we both entered it. But again, we followed the rules, right? And we thought about what do they want and, you know, really planning out the party. And she called me and she goes, FedEx just came. I got invited to Betty Crocker. And I was like, I didn't get one. And then right like five minutes later, the FedEx truck came down my street. So <laughs> we both got to go to that. So, and then cookware and knives and aprons and meat and wine and just, you know, like getting those spices and goodie bags, all, all kinds of really great stuff. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think that that kind of free things in the mail sort of approach is also as much fun as maybe not as much fun as money, but it still has its own charm. So yeah, what, what, no, go, go on. ahead. I was going to say, no, <laughs> you do it. You do it. So um, you talked about getting jello coupons earlier. So the coupons are great too, because a lot of times when you win competitions, they're giving you something free. So it's not like a dollar off. It's like, you know, you go in and you get olive oil. I um, I did win a really big contest with Chevron and I got $25,000 in gas cards. Oh my. Yes. And, uh, and so for my friends, kids who are like my niece and nephew, I'm really close to them for Christmas that year. I said, okay, we're going to go to the Chevron and the, the Chevrons in Texas are huge. They're like, stores, not gas stations. I said, okay, you have 15 minutes. Anything you can get to the front is your Christmas present. <laughs> um, I think I just used my last gas card. Those have lasted a long time because that's a lot of gas. That is a lot of gas. Absolutely. All right. One more thing. And I want to know what advice you would give someone. So advice for the recipe contest and advice for the contest where you have to make your dish because it's a cook-off. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get started? So my number one piece of advice, and it's what I mentioned earlier, is follow the rules in the context of what is the purpose of this contest? Because a recipe that they want to print on the back of a label is very different from a recipe that they want to present at a food and wine festival. So you have to look at the rules and the context of the contest. And if you don't follow the rules, you're just gonna be disqualified. So if they say seven ingredients plus salt, pepper, and oil, then you better stick to it. If they say done in 30 minutes, you know, cook time is 30 minutes, you better stick to it. So. Following the rules, absolutely number one. And even though I don't practice a lot for cook-offs, what I do make sure is that I have everything 100% organized in a document, right? So this is what I'm doing first. This is what I'm doing second. This is what I'm doing third. Do I have all of the tools I need? Am I allowed to bring my tools? Do I have to use their kitchen tools? You know, there have been cook-offs that I've gone to the World Food Championships I won were in Las Vegas and I drove, I lived in California at the time and I drove because that way I could take my pots, I could take 
my food processor because you know there's like four different brands of food processors and they screw on differently so um to be incredibly organized even if you don't have time to practice it 20 times that doesn't mean you can't be organized what is the dish going to look like what is the garnish going to look like how are you going to finish it and then again always does it look beautiful? Because first things first, you have to eat it. And if you're doing a cook-off, I've seen so many people do this, both men and women, pull your hair back because your hair will go in the food and it doesn't matter how good it is, the judges aren't going to eat it. And it, it just completely amazes me when I'm at cook-offs and I see people, men and women with long hair, with their hair down or they're sweating and they're not wiping their brow. So the sweat's going into the food because a lot of the cook-offs are not the air conditioned conditions, you might be outside under a tent. So follow the rules and be organized and be very hygienic with everything that you do. Yep. Those sound like really, really good things because you definitely don't want to be eliminated before anybody's even tried your, your dish because you used eight, eight ingredients instead of seven or something like that, because that's yep. a big deal. What about if you know who the judge is going to be because it's announced, you know, so-and-so is going to be the guest judge at this event. Do you study that person at all? A, a little bit, definitely. You know, there are some celebrity judges at some of these contests. And so thinking about, you know, what they like or don't like, you know, as you watch the cooking shows, you know, so-and-so doesn't like raw red onion and this person doesn't like okra and whatever. So the last thing I would want to do is, you know, have a dish with raw red onion on it to somebody that I know doesn't like raw red onion or, or if they don't like lamb, I wouldn't want to use lamb. So certainly I, I would think about those, that those have been few and far between that where you would have kind of access to that information about the judges but um, it's definitely something you would want to consider. I guess you didn't know about that person who would throw out the rules and pick fried chicken over. I did not know. I absolutely, <laughs> you know, one of those things too, like I, I felt so confident that I was going to win. My dish was beautiful. I had, I was getting rave reviews. I could tell the company really liked me because it was in the spirit of their contest and it was so and the woman that won was lovely nothing against her at all but I agree with him I like fried chicken too <laughs> but that's you know when the when the he threw out the rules completely because when it's a healthy chicken contest you know what drenching it in egg and panko and frying it is not it's delicious it's 100% delicious but not creative and not healthy. So, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, there's nothing you can do. Those are the unanticipated things that happen. Uh, so that's, there's nothing you can do about that. Yes. Yeah. And there was, you asked about voting contests earlier. So there was, there was another contest and there was a big prize on the line, $10,000. And it was a voting contest. And my mom called me up because my family is really supportive with all that stuff. And she's like, Jennifer, something's wrong with the system. It's just letting me click, 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 vote, 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 vote. She goes, I could just sit here all day and vote, 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 vote. Um, they realized there was a glitch in the system. So they changed the rules and they said, you know what, we're going to judge the dishes. We're not going to do the voting system because something's gone haphazard with the computer. And I ended up winning and it was a $10,000 prize. So oh, that's pretty nice. <laughs> I remember it was Thanksgiving 
um, it was the day before Thanksgiving and I was working at a restaurant in LA at the time. And I got the phone call from my friend who had seen it online. They had announced the winners. They had said, you know what? There's something up with the system. We're making the determination. This is the winner. So my friend called me and told me that I had won the $10,000. I'm like, that's something to be thankful for this Thanksgiving for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, if I could end on kind of one note, have fun. You know, I have made some of the best friends of my entire life in this cooking competition world. Have fun, meet people, don't be backstabbing, don't be competitive, do your best, but always help the people around you do your best. Win because you're the best, not because, you know, you're- Because you wish- made it impossible for them to get the sour yeah. cream or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just have fun, you know, be, it's, it's such a creative outlet and it's to kind of challenge yourself. There is a, a competition coming up now. I've got the bug again. I'm going to start doing competitions again, but there's one coming up for professional chefs or people affiliated with restaurants for Mac and cheese. So that's what I'm working on these days, our Mac and cheese recipes. That sounds wonderful. Absolutely. I think so too. Yep. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a whole lot of fun having this conversation. Oh my goodness, I hope we can do this again sometime. This was really fun. Me too. And think about where your archive is going to be because the Southern Food and Beverage Museum has a fabulous archive. And if you want your things to be archived, notes and whatever you may have kept about all of those recipe. Oh, wow. Okay. uh, Entered. Think about us, our archive as the repository for those things, because I think that in the future, somebody would want to see the thought process that went into the contests and such. Well, so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me today and having me. This has been a true pleasure. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue part of the Nitty Grits Network of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans. Learn more and subscribe to this and other podcasts at southernfood.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook on Nitty Grits Podcasts. I'm Liz Williams. Thanks for listening.